Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Band presents Stokely and Zach. You know, because we're in, uh, you're in hour four now, yeah, right? man, yeah. Hour four for you in a row? That's right. How, how you holding up? Do we need to get you, know, you any oxygen? Do you need, well, Pedialyte? Like, I'm good. I got a lot okay. of liquids over here. I'll, okay. I'll tell you, though, it has been difficult, specifically the last break, to watch all you guys eat these delicious lunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and me to realize that there's nothing for me. Oh, but, you didn't plan for no, lunch today. Oh, I have a banana. Well, they okay. And an apple. I and had actually. I got so <laughs> I, I, that 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 tied you over. No, it'll be fine. Um, it'll but be fine. I, I I feel kind of bad because I had a I got a burger, double burger <laughs> that I ordered, and um, double patty with pastrami on it. Also, oh right, and bacon. It's things huge. I'd never ordered from this place a before. Burger with pastrami and bacon. Yes. Wow. Two patties, pastrami, Swiss cheese, bacon, (laughs) spicy mustard. Okay? This thing is huge, right? So I'm like, I really don't need to eat all of that. And so I'm like, I'll only eat half. Like, watch some calories, right? Why not? Um, But I asked Kisner if he wanted the other half, and he jumped on it really quick. So I, um, no, um, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, so I, I gave the half yeah. of it to, to Kisner. You'll well, be okay. Yeah. But you're doing great, man. You're, look, you're battling through it. I mean, you, you five hours in a row of radio is not easy to do. So no. appreciate you sticking around, hanging out with me while Zach is like, uh, who knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, I feel, you know, sitting across from you, it's 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 energized me. The, the show this morning with the Players Club, I was in here by myself. Chad was in Arizona, you know. And so it's nice to be sitting across from you and sitting in Zach By's chair. And I feel like some of Zach's energy. There you go. Here. Bouncing you know up what and I mean? down Nate Jackson. I love it. Let's go. So um, we're talking about the idea that we're going to trade Garrett Bowles as being preposterous. It ain't going to happen for a variety of reasons. And you, uh, that I agree with you. Okay, perfect. All right, I great. agree with you. Um, he is a beloved member of that locker room. Whether, like, wh- you know, I-, I said that earlier today, and some folks on the text line were like, beloved. No, they do like him in there. He is the best offensive lineman that they have. I agree with that, both uh, of those. Um, and he's hurt right now. Right. He's actively rehabbing, which makes him untradeable at the moment. Are you talking about down the line, maybe? I don't know. Um, no, I-, I don't think they're going to trade him. They also need a right tackle, they need a guard. Why would you? Why? why would you put that on your plate too? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's the one kind of solid position on that offensive line. Maybe you could say Quinn Miners is solid. I mean, he's rounding, rounding into form. Mm. Um, um, <laughs> and then we'll see what they do at center. But you know, if they don't retain Dalton Reisner, you're going to have to fill a bunch of roles there. Why go? You know, why go away from Garrett Bowles too? I just don't see him getting traded. Uh, he, he did break his leg. Broke his leg. Yeah. So it's not an ACL, so it's not like, I don't know how long. A, I guess it depends on how bad it is. What it, Yeah. I mean, he's a big boy. You break a lip bone in your lower leg, it's going to take some time to heal. Yeah. Right? You're not going to want to rush that thing back. So if it ain't Garrett Bowles and you're George Payton and you do want to add some draft picks to your cachet, who's it going to be? I mean, would you consider trading somebody in the wide receiver room? Of course. Who's Ab- that? Absolutely. Because I, mean, I know you've been a, a, a vocal uh, you've been critical of the double signings last year or a couple years ago right. with Tim Patrick and Corlin Sutton. Yeah, I was very critical of it um, the whole time, and it hasn't aged well. It, um, I thought you needed to sign one of them, not both. Didn't need to sign both of those guys. But I, I think 
and you can't trade Tim Patrick. He's rehabbing an ACL, so yeah. he, so he's off the off the table there. Uh, you, you look, you're not going to be able to get anything for KJ Hamler, so that's off the table. So you look at really just two guys, right? Judy and Sutton. That, that those would be the two that you would look at and say, okay, would you move one of those guys? And I would be open to moving. Really. I have a hard time saying Judy right now because he finally started showing that potential. He finally started showing that consistency of what we were hoping to see a little bit more when we drafted him 15th overall. Yep. So we're trying to get this team to win now. It's a win now mode. I mean, that's 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 their philosophy, right? And so I think for me, you, you just can't trade Judy for a pick. I mean, you're not going to get a first rounder for him anyway. So... It wouldn't even be worth exploring um, Jerry Drew, Judy in a trade. I think you you got to keep him and see if he can continue to build off of what we saw at the end of last year. The one would be Cortland Sutton for me at the wide in the wide receiver room. But it always comes back, Nate. It's like, okay, Nate, okay, Cortland Sutton, what could you get for Cortland Sutton? Like, what kind of pick do you think could you get for Cortland Sutton? Because he's got a high cap number and he's got a high salary. So Second rounder, maybe? See, I don't even think you can get that. Really? I mean, you're not even talking about a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, he I had mean, one thousand yard ga- uh, year. Right, 2019. Uh, years ago, he's, yeah. he's dealing with that ACL. Came off of that last year, uh, two years ago, not this past year, and then uh, wasn't quite the same this past year. You know, he's a good player. Why do you think he's, he's not been, a great player? Why do you think he hasn't been able to take the next step? A guy who's big, fast, can be physical can go up and catch that ball at its highest point, but has been wildly inconsistent. I mean, from the moment he signed that new deal, he's almost disappeared. And you guys have documented that well on this show. I think, like, just a couple touchdowns since the middle of the season last year. He's making $14 million coming up. That's a big number. Yeah. That's a big number, just to put some context on it. So, so whoever trades for him um, is going to have to take that salary on. And that's guaranteed money, so it's not going anywhere. Right, so that's that's problematic, uh, and why you ask why? Yeah, ACL, his ACL injury. He hasn't been the same since. He just hasn't been the same receiver since then. Part of his game, he wasn't a speed guy. Now he can go a little bit, right? But he's not a speed guy. Was going up and getting balls and out physical and muscling guys and those fifty fifty balls. They were like eighty twenty balls for him. And and you just, he just doesn't have that explosion, doesn't have that leaping ability like he used to have. But what are just like to me now? We have a different opinion about head coach, or I'm sorry, wide receiver coach Zach Azani, because Zach Azani's getting an interview uh, with the Jets, and we don't know where he's going to land. But he was able to withstand several coaching changes here. Um, but if you look back at Zach Azani's six years as an NFL wide receiver coach, he's got one 1,000-yard receiver, and that's 2019 Corlin Sutton. Now, I know there's context with that, quarterback issues, yep. uh, lack of continuity on offense. Yep. But if you, if you take those six years, the best wide receiver in, in his room averages 36th in the NFL in yards receiving. That's not good, either way you look at it. To me, this wide receiver group hasn't – been consistent, drop issues, uh, not blocking, not doing the little things. Isn't that a reflection of their coach? Well, um, it is. 
It is. I mean, that's that's part of it, right? Um, certainly. But I, I just look at um, what I saw and what I've seen when it comes to how he works those guys in training camp and how um, the drills that he does. What, to get the those, tennis balls? To get those guys ready. Um, those the, 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 the tennis ball. We, we did some weird things um, when I was in Indianapolis with some different drills, you know, hand-eye coordination drills or drills to help you stay low in and out of your break, things like that that are maybe a little bit unorthodox, but they worked for us. So I just look at how he coaches those guys up, and, and I like it. You know, I mean, it, it's, it resonates with me. So uh, sometimes, you know, it's, it's the circumstances, like you said. I mean, you, you look at the quarterback situation. I mean, it's hard to be productive as a wide receiver when you don't have – a quarterback, and you're you're playing three, four, five quarterbacks in a year. It, that's hard to do when you're changing offenses year in year out. Whenever your best wide receiver that you thought was going to be a legit number one goes down with an ACL, and you you drafted a guy 15th overall, and this guy and Jerry Judy has had to deal with a lot of changes. So it's uh you know I'm making, so, I mean some of the things I'm saying are facts. Some of them are being maybe a little bit of uh of reasons why excuses. But I, I just think he's a good football coach and because uh, I know the position, I know what it takes. But obviously it's about production, to, to your point. So how can, you know, veering, veering into this conversation we're having a little bit, how can Sean Payton get more out of these receivers? Like, like we talked about during training camp how much of a bummer it was that they weren't running full speed routes every single day they weren't putting in the work and doing the reps day in and day out that it takes and you've talked eloquently about it with eloquently your, yeah yeah with your time like with, with with Peyton yeah. and, and and the fact that it was about reps and going to work and doing it full speed and running every single route in the book over and over and over and over and over and over again so that there is no doubt about where I'm going to be or where you want the ball or what we're going to do on the field. And there was clearly a lack of continuity between Russell Wilson and those receivers out there on the field. Yep. Yeah. And, and so is it just a matter of them getting to know each other better and putting in more work together and more reps? Or is there something else that they're missing? Well, I think, yes, that's part of it, certainly, is is putting the work in and, you know, day in and day out grinding. There, There's nothing that replaces that. Right. And, but I also think there's something about an offense, putting that offense together in place around these guys that showcases their best abilities. Right. And, and gets the most out of a Russell Wilson. And that's on Sean Payton and that offensive staff. And so I think it will be better because of that, you know, being better for Russ, you know, having Russ being more comfortable, doing things that uh, are his strengths. And, if you do that, obviously Russ should play better. Well, then the wide receivers should play better also. This offense will play better. You have more opportunities. All those things, it's a trickle-down effect. But it starts with Russ, and it starts with putting a plan around Russ to get the best out of Russ. I mean, what do you think about that? Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking back, back to training camp when I really first started to see Russ um, perform in, in real time, up close, in personal, at practice, where you get to learn a lot about players and Nathaniel Hackett was brought over to implement this West Coast passing system which was what he did with Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers is really good from inside the pocket on time getting the ball out of his hands right but then I'm watching training camp and Russell is hitting his back foot and then like scrambling in practice I mean doing a ton of scramble drill stuff in practice to the point where I'm like okay 
I guess that's good that they're practicing that because that's his style of play. And the receivers need to know what Russell does, and they can get on the same page with the scramble drill stuff. But then in the games, Russell's doing the same thing. Like, can he deliver the ball on time from the pocket? Can he hit his back foot on a three-step drop and throw that slant? Because you saw him not be able to do that a lot of times in games. And guys on the on the receiving core getting frustrated that they run their route, they're open, but he's not throwing it. So why is he not throwing it? Does he not feel comfortable in the system? Was the rush collapsing on him? Does he? Can he not see? And can Sean Payton fix that? Or is this just a problem with his, I don't know, with his aging process? And he's like, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping that Sean Payton can help fix that with coaching, with drills, and uh, get back to the fundamentals. Right, the things that you need to do because he's got to operate in the pocket. He can't be Mr. Houdini, you know, the, his whole career here. He, he just can't do it. He's not the same player doing that that he was five, six years ago. So he's got to be able to operate in the pocket on time, on rhythm, right? Where it's one, two, three, back foot, let it, let it, you know, let it go, right? And, and I'm concerned, right? Yeah, I, I am concerned that those days are behind Russ and that he can't do it. But, the one thing I do know is if we can get Russ back on track, the guy to do it is Sean Payton. Like, that's the guy to be able to do that, get Russ back on track, put Russ in the right position, coach him up, go through your reads and progressions and what to look for and what not to look for and all of those things that Sean Payton's the right guy to help Russ take that next step. And sometimes it's just a couple little things and get that confidence back. But Russ has got to get his fundamentals down. His right. footwork, his vision, his eyesight, his patience in the pocket, all of that needs to be helped and fixed. But I look at a guy like Cortland Sutton, and it's probably just, you know, cheaper to keep him. Yeah, You know, you're not going to get a great return for him with his salary the way that it is, the way that he's played the last couple years. So I, I, I take him, you know, probably off the list. You look at offensive line. No, we're not trading anybody on the offensive line. I mean, who are we going to trade on the offensive line? Yeah, I think the thing that you have to look at when you say trade someone for draft picks, it's okay. Realistically, what could you get for that guy? That's what you have to do first and foremost. And if it's not worth it, then you just say, okay, we just got to keep him. A guy like Cortland Sutton, he's making $14 bucks this year. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of suitors for Cortland Sutton out there. So I think offensively, we don't really have anybody that is a trade candidate. Do you disagree, agree with that? Do you see anybody offensively that we could possibly deal and get a, make it worth our while, get enough in returns, like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that guy? I mean, I have the same thought that you did about Corlin Sutton being a, the guy in that receiver room who would be tradable, but you have to find a team who, who believed in, that they could get more out of him than he's you know produced here because he hasn't played up to that $14 million tag right there, right? But if you compare that $14 million to the money that the number one receivers are making on other teams, that's a lot less, right? So do you see, would another team potentially see Cortland Sutton as a number one receiver or a number two receiver? Uh, they see him as a number two receiver. Yeah. That would be my answer. What would be your answer? I yeah, mean, I, would, I would as well. I would I mean, as he's well. not in the upper echelon category at all. He, I mean, he hasn't proven that. He hasn't. No. Um, and so, I, I look, I think it's... Uh, they would look at him more as a solid number two wide receiver. So, okay, so if, if nobody on the offense really presents a, a, a potential trade 
uh, candidate. What about the defense? Yeah, we got we got some on the defense, Nate. Yeah. You want me to tell you? I want you to tell me. I want you to give it to me. And I'm going to throw these names out there. I'm not saying that we should, but there's some candidates out there. Okay, Start with a guy, Draymond Jones. Mm. Okay, We've talked a lot about Draymond Jones. He is an unrestricted free agent. Coming up, what you could do is you tag him. You can't get a deal worked out. You tag him. You franchise tag him. It's going to be between 19 and 20 million bucks. And... Now you can try to trade him for something. So he's one candidate. Uh, I would like to keep Draymond Jones on a long-term contract. He's a good interior player. Uh, but if you can't work out a deal with him, he could become a, a trade candidate if you franchise tag him to try to get a long-term deal done. If you can't get it done, you could possibly trade him. What do you think about Draymond Jones? I actually like that idea. I think that he's not super happy here, even though he has played the game and told Broncos country that he wants to be here and all that. He he clearly was upset when they dealt Bradley Chubb, and and those guys were a duo. They were those guys were like Batman and Robin, and they were putting up some big numbers. He was you know approaching his career uh, best in sacks, like halfway through the season. Bradley Chubb leaves, and then his production sort of falls off the cliff, and he start, became a little disgruntled. He got banged up a little bit, and so maybe he maybe he wouldn't mind that. You know what I mean? And maybe if you are rebuilding, or retooling your team like Sean Payton's going to be doing, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing to have Draymond Jones start somewhere else. And and when you trade a guy like that in this situation that's franchise tag, well, guess what happens? He gets paid. Yeah. He gets paid by his new team. Right. Um, and just like Bradley Chubb. Right. The Dolphins traded a first-round pick for him. Well, what would they do a week or two later? They gave him a $100 million contract. Yeah. Right? So Draymond Jones would end up um, getting paid. Yeah. I would prefer to keep him here. Right, but he's a candidate. We're just talking about candidates for possibly uh, trading, and then after that, I mean, uh, DJ Jones, you're not trading. Like, here's a situation here with trades for the Broncos. The Broncos are trying to win football games this year, right? They're not in rebuild mode. They're not in retool mode. They're not in like, hey, we're going to try to build this thing up for you know three years from now, and let's start getting assets and trading some of our good players. And it doesn't matter if we can get a get our cap in order. It doesn't matter if we can get a third-round pick for this guy. We know you know, his value is probably better here, but we'll take that third-round pick for him. That's not the Broncos' situation. So, like, some of these guys, it just doesn't make sense to um, to to deal them. How about this name? Probably won't make a lot of friends with this name, but I'm going to throw this one out to you, Nate. Throw it. You ready? Do you it. You got a twinkle in your throw eye. Throw it like a three, ex- mu- three musketeers <laughs> to Kevin. Throw it. <laughs> Justin Simmons. I don't like it. I don't like it because he played so well. And I know you could probably get a lot for him because he played so well, right? So that would make him a, a, an attractive trade partner um, or to another team. But I really like the way Justin Simmons' career is going. I think he played better this last year than he has any other year. And he's played great every year. He's, a, he's an Iron Man. I know he got hurt um, last or a little bit this last year. But uh-huh. – I love Justin Simmons for this team. I love what he does on the field. I wouldn't want to trade him. I wouldn't want to trade him either. But, you know, you got to play devil's advocate, yeah. right? And, and he's very popular, does a lot off the field, really good player on the field, okay? He is going to be 30 years old this year. Mm. Like, he's not a spring chicken anymore. No. He got banged up last year, Nate. He's like a summer right? chicken now. He's like a, that's right, summer. Summer chicken. Get a little bit older, yeah. right? A little bit more tan, a little bit older. <laughs> The skin's not as, you know, oily anymore. It's right. a little bit drier right. as you get older, right? Um, how old are you, Nate? 43. 
Wow. You're yeah. that old. You're fucking younger than that. No, wow. man. I thought I was a little bit older than that. Than How old are you? you? 46. Oh, you're that old? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were a little younger. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not. Um, old, yeah, I just, I just, you know, when we were teammates, I just thought of you a little bit younger, I guess. But Yeah, I was, I was, well, you kept, got here in 2007, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I guess, 27, 28 at that point. Wow. Um, and I was, what, like 31? Yeah. 31. Um, but, <laughs> getting back to the point here. Uh, we had a fun team. We had a fun team, that fun group fun. of guys. Uh, I thought and, well, we were we had a good team too, and we collapsed yeah. both of those years, oh seven, oh eight, at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, we were had our own destiny in in our hand. Yeah, and then it all just crumbled. Yeah, we and you know we're building a young offense, and it just all Brandon exploded. Marshall. Yeah, Tony Scheffler, Jay Cutler. We had a lot of talent. Eddie Royal. Yeah, Eddie. Yeah, it was. It, and it Chris was. Cooper and Ryan Clady, and man, yeah. it was a good offensive line too. It was. The offense was great. Josh McDaniels came in and really dissembled the defense first. He cut so many guys on defense and only a couple on offense. I was one of those casualties who didn't even get to go out and practice. Didn't even get it. Didn't even get a sniff. That's the tough thing about the NFL. We change these coaches. Sometimes they don't even give you a chance. Yeah. See if they like you or not. And so that's what Sean Payton's got to figure out, right? Right. Like, you want to bring in your own guys, right? Certainly you're going to bring in guys that you want in your system. But to to put a bow on this Justin Simmons conversation, he's not getting any younger. He's making $14 bucks this year. The following year, he's making another $14 bucks, fourteen and a half. and And so I just think that at a certain point, you want to take the New England Patriots approach, right? What was their approach? You, 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 better, one year, better to cut them a year early than a year later. Yes. Yep. That's it, Nate. Good yep. job, buddy. Well, that was actually uh, Bill Walsh started that. Okay, well, yeah. give a credit to Bill's. Isn't he like your uncle Bill's. or something? Yeah. Godfather? Yeah. He, yeah. He, right? Yeah, he's something. my godfather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought so. Um, he got me here. I know he did. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not just... Trying to be you're funny. You're smoke. No. You're not just throwing three musketeers around the room, man. You're being serious. Yeah. Kisner would not be working if that was the case. No. But, so, it's like you'd rather trade him a year early than a year later. Justin Simmons is still a good player. How long would that last? What could you, could you get a, a good haul for him this year? Mm. Um, I like Justin Simmons. But at the same time, you, he's not going to be here forever. Right? you got to make tough business decisions. So, like, if there's one guy that I think would be worth, like, moving and getting something enough in return to move them, it would be you'd have to deal one of your good players. It would be Justin Simmons for me. When you're running a team, you got to make some hard decisions That's like right. that. And That's so right. they're absolutely having that conversation upstairs at Dove Valley. There's a number I want you guys to think about. $19.7 million. That could be a key number for the Broncos front office. Why? That's next. You're listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Thing, man, like when you do, because you don't do it often. Yeah, but when you dust off those pipes, uh-huh. man. Uh-huh. <sighs> I created just, a monster. It's just uh, you're a songbird <laughs> of your generation. Yes, that's really. Don't ever forget that. I won't. Thank you. Nineteen point seven million dollars. Karen Adventure, Brandon Stokely. 
Well, uh, that's a key number for the Broncos front office. I think that would be, if I had to guess, that is Draymond Jones's franchise tag number. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about it yesterday. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's why I know it. That's why I know <laughs> it, Nate. I love it. Well, once the salary cap is, is set, then the tags have been determined. And the salary cap is going to be a record high, $224.8 million. Uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money that these teams are going to be able to spend on talent, but that means that everybody, everybody's price goes up. And the defensive end tag, which Draymond Jones falls into, is going to be $19.7 million. Draymond Jones was quoted as saying, I view my standing with a franchise as, this is Dre going into year four, Jones said. That's all I can say. And when asked whether he wanted to stay with the Broncos long-term, his reply was quick and blunt. I'm here right now, he said. The dreaded I'm here right now. Right. Doesn't sound like a, like this is where I love to be. I love it here. I love this organization. That's usually what you hear, right? Right. So that was kind of like, oh, okay, well, what's going on? And I think these comments were made during the season. Right. And, um, you know, the season it can be um, difficult. It can be, especially if you're looking for, maybe you think you should get a contract extension during the season. Right. Like you saw Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton get the year before. Uh, or maybe you um, they did give you a proposal, but you felt like it was really low and insulting. Yep. So I think um, there's a couple reasons why he could have answered the question that way. So if you're a player like Draymond Jones who was, who was coming up uh, on this type of moment where, you know, your contract's going to be up, um, you want to get paid, and then Sean Payton gets hired as your new head coach, would that be something that may change your mind and may make you want to stay? Or are you still, if you're already disenchanted, want to get out of here, you want to get out of here anyway? Well, I think first and foremost, for a guy like Draymond Jones um, – and I'll speak from my perspective. This is your first contract, first free agent contract, right? I mean, yep. you got paid out of, out of college. Uh, what round? Second, third round pick, Draymond Jones, something like that. Um, so, I mean, he hasn't made NFL big money yet, right? So, right. when you go into your first contract situation, usually most guys, you're trying to make the most money. It's not like about being really picky about your situation. It's about making the most money, right? Yeah. And if it's close, then then you know then you have a decision to be made or which organization you want to go to usually it's not usually that close it kind of tells you where to go the money speaks for itself like okay well this is where i got to go because you know this place is offering me two more million dollars than the other place i'm going to make that two more million dollars guaranteed than than the other place right so that's usually the guy's philosophy heading especially into that first uh, free agency that first big contract is Who's going to pay me the most money? So if it's the Denver Broncos, we're all good here. Yes. Can't wait to play for Sean Payton. And if it's not, it's like, okay, whatever. The Seattle Seahawks are offering me a ton of money. I'm going to Seattle. That, that I think that's probably how um, Draymond Jones is viewing his free agency. And how do you view I mean, Draymond? Would you agree with that? Disagree? Yeah, do you no, think there's another way that he looks at it? I mean, No, I think he would. I think he's seen an organization in – a relative amount of discord since he's been here. Uh, th- his third head coach, you know, in, in the what the four years he's been around, um, seeing his buddies get dealt. You know, he doesn't have – he's not seeing the NFL through rose-colored glasses at all. Right. Right. He understands it's a business now, so he's going to be looking out for himself, which I think he should. Right? But 
you, you show them some cheddar. Yeah. Right? Then it's like, oh, yeah, we're cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't want to uproot your family. You don't want to leave, right? You don't, especially here. It's a great place to live. Exactly. Great facility. Great but do you understand that if you've never been anywhere else? You know what I mean? Uh, well, I, I think because you you've been around the world and you've seen all these other right. teams. And, like, you ended up settling here. Yes. But for a guy who's on his first, he just got here right out of college. Does he understand that? Maybe not. Uh, but I think when, if you look around, it's like, okay, this is a nice place to live. Yeah. You, know, you, you kind of understand that. Um, it's clean. It's good schools, uh, all those things. And you look at the facility, you got to understand you have a good facility. I don't know if it's a number one in the NFL, but it's a really good facility and good organization. So, it, it, it yeah, they've been losing a lot. You've had different head coaches. You've had different defensive coordinators. But ultimately, if the Broncos throw them a lot of money, it doesn't matter about how the dysfunction has been around here. It's like, okay, cool. I get to stay put, a place where I'm comfortable, and make a lot of money. Okay, I'm good. Well, how about this question? Should the Broncos throw a lot of money at him, seeing that the that edge rusher is a position of need, and and they need to get better on the edges? They got DJ Jones in the middle. Do you do you want to shore up that interior by having a couple guys on these long term big contracts when your edge rushers are still so undefined and becomes a position of need? I want both. You want both? I want it all. <laughs> right? I'm greedy. Okay. I'm eating greedy over here. I want it all. I think, yes, it's important to have interior pressure guys also that can bring pressure on the quarterback, and he is good at doing that. Uh, I uh, would I'd like to see it more consistently from him, but he is a good player at doing that. And I think, you know, what scares me is if he's not around, and, and D.J. Jones is more of a run stuffer there in the interior of the line. I don't, I don't see him as more of a pass rusher or getting after the quarterback. And if you if you lose a guy like Draymond Jones, now you lose that interior pressure. And I'm concerned about will we be having the the, the guys on the outside, the Baron Brownings and the and the Randy Gregors, will they be able to uh, do their job and stay healthy and bring that pressure from the outside? And we might not have anything. You know, it might be nothing when it comes to being able to generate pressure on the quarterback, and that's so important. So. I, I look at a guy like Draymond Jones and, and say, okay, I get it. Um, he's not that sexy guy coming off the edge, the Von Miller and you know doing that, but he provides something in the interior of the defensive line, which sometimes I think is more important. That pressure up the middle? We saw it with Russell Wilson. You put you know apply that pressure up the middle, and he's bailing out. Yes, yeah. and quarterbacks, they, they can step. You see Tom Brady is really good at it, right? Hit that. He can step up in the pocket. Those tackles running around, run, run those outside edge rushers around the, the, the pocket, you're good. As long as that middle of the pocket is clean. When Brady was getting hit by Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf, he just wasn't the same quarterback. Justin Tuck and those guys for the Giants, he wasn't the same quarterback. That pressure came from up the middle. And that's an important aspect of it. So I think, um, you know, that makes sense. There has to be a right number. Um, and I don't know. You know, Zach was talking about he saw the number, like at a, that spot rack uh, put out there, a three-year, $21 million contract uh, for Draymond Jones. I thought it would be a little bit more than that. We'll see what it looks really? like. But, I, yeah, that's it. But I, I think uh, ultimately he's an important part of this defense, and that's a guy you want to keep. And uh, Yep, and there's, but there's no denying that his production fell off when Bradley Chubb left the building. Yeah. Right? Cause, so, so you do need somebody next to him who he's able to feed off of and play off of and not somebody who's weak on the edge. You need a solid edge player, right? Does that concern you? It if does. If you give him a, a, a well, decent contract that he won't be able to do it um, – 
without Bradley Chubb? Not necessarily without Bradley Chubb, but you got to find the right guy to go next to him. Because, um, you know, he was on, he, he ended up with six and a half sacks. Um, that was a team leading six and a half sacks. Wow. Uh, but he was, I think, at five and a half by the time Bradley left. Or, or, or well, so. just quick, real quick, to be fair, he did get injured. He did towards the end of he the did. season. I don't know how many games he missed, but he did. Yeah, get he injured. did. He had that hip injury. Um, but it will be interesting to see how they shore up the edges of this defense, which last year at this time was a position of uh, riches, and now it's a position of need. It's funny how quickly things do change. All right, we just witnessed the Super Bowl in which the Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35. 35 points was the highest score that a losing team has ever had in the Super Bowl. Mm. Pretty cool. Uh, what are the lessons that the Broncos can take from those two teams that played in Super Bowl 57? That's next. It's Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. About a year ago, when uh, we had a little uh, little Uh-oh. dispute over the the music, remember? The oh, yeah, I, I, I do remember that. Um, you were like really upset. No, I wasn't upset. I think so. Like, in, no. like you and Zach came to like face to face about you were saying we stole y'all's music or something. No, it was Richie. Richie was producing. Oh, no, it was Richie at the time. Yeah, it was Richie. Uh-huh. Cause, uh huh. Because I'm Richie. Yeah, you know, I was trying to like develop an identity for for our new show. Right. And I came up with some like deep cut tracks. Uh huh. I was like, oh. Nobody's gonna have these songs, right? Because you guys didn't have those songs. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then we put them on, and then, and then, and then, and then Richie started playing them for your guys' show. Oh, okay. and I was like, Richie, like, come on, man. Like, obviously, I was, I was, I was a little sensitive. You know, I was a little sensitive. So you about said you were wrong. Yeah, I think I was wrong. Cross the line. Yeah, I, I might yeah. cross the line. It's okay. I mean, look, hey, but everybody wants their, you know, like you, you put some work into yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted, wanted like, that was kind of you, but I wanted to feel like but we 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 have style and we have um, <laughs> swag also on our show. You do. So, you do. Um, we use a lot of different music I, also. And, and I was going to mention that I, at some point in the show, and I'm looking forward to this point when this happens, is when Chicken Fingers plays a country song. Yes. And then Zach has to try to guess who it is. Yes. Oh, and you're a country you'll... guy at all. I'm like more of like an old, older country, like outlaw country. Okay. Like, you know, Merle Haggard. Yeah, old good old Merle. Willie Nelson, Johnny uh-huh. Cash. Okay. Those kind of dudes. Yeah. Um, but like the, the, the newer country, I'm not as familiar with. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when, when I am listening to your show and, and I do hear that, that little bit that you guys do, I, I usually don't know who that is. Okay. Either. And that, that's coming up uh, before the last segment of the show is when Kisner gets his okay. country segment. But he's probably going to play Keith Urban because I know he loves Keith oh, Urban. Oh, he loves Keith Urban. He that, loves his... the Australian country singer. <laughs> I love American country. It's really... It doesn't make sense, does it? No. Right? It doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm down on Urban. Why do, you love, why do you love Urban? I One of his first it's... albums I really connected to back in high school. Oh. and that's cute. Just <laughs> really just connected. Really, I, to I like the sound. All right. He's a really good guitar player. Yes, he is. But he's definitely not like American country. No. I mean. No, I don't know. What do you mean? I mean, he's from Australia. You don't have to wear a cowboy hat. He's got like hat. Botox and like highlights. Right. In his hair. Yeah. That. Uh, yes. Exactly. Like, he, he's not American country. Come on, Kisner. I mean, I'm just saying. He plays banjo in a lot of his songs. Mm. There's a banjo <laughs> in there. All right. I'm down. When is Keith Urban going to play at the halftime show of the Super Bowl? Would you like that? Oh, that'd be awesome. Does he have no, enough that'd hits? That'd be awful. No, He's no, got, When are they no. going to let a country singer do the halftime show? Um, and who would it be? It'd be Garth, right? Garth? Kenny? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you would probably start with those two. What about, like, a, a, a halftime show that was just an all-country kind of 
mishmash. Like they brought up both of those dudes. Yeah. Just did like a condensed little concert with like some of the biggest country names. Right. That's what you I should do. I think it's do. time to do that. I, 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 I would be down for that. What do you think of the national anthem, Chris Stapleton? I thought it was great. Awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. He's got such a great voice. And, you know, when you can play guitar and sing at the same time, you yeah. control the whole sound and the pace and all that. I know he went over on the over-under, I think it was a, a 122 seconds or something like uh-huh. that, and he, he blew by it. Um, but beautiful. Yeah, it was awesome. Really, really good. Well, that Super Bowl featured the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, two different teams, constructed differently, different playing styles. Um, any lessons that the Broncos can take from either of those teams? And, and, and before you answer, I mean, the Chiefs were going into this with an injured quarterback. And a little context about the style of play with the Chiefs offense and how it changed after Tyreek Hill left. I think from 2018 to 20, whatever, 21. They had, and I'm going to try to get this stat, so hopefully I don't butcher it. Okay. Because I'm trying to regurgitate it. Yeah, it's in take there. your time. No um, pressure. <laughs> touchdowns. Day for you to figure this Patrick out. Patrick Mahomes has something like 34 touchdowns in that four-year span where the air yards were over 25 yards. Okay. Down the football field. So right. Down the football field a little bit. This last year, only one. Wow. One touchdown where he threw the ball over 25 yards in the air. That's remarkable. So they clearly altered their style of play to deal with their personnel and and focused on the quick passes. Yes. Something that the Broncos weren't really able to do this year. Um, Maybe they had a plan to do it, but they strayed away from it. We were talking earlier about Russell's inability to hit that back foot and throw quick. Right. Anything that these two teams could, I'm sorry, the Broncos could learn from these two teams? A lot. (laughs) A lot. They're both winners, right? And so when you get to the Super Bowl, you've done a lot of things right. Starts at the quarterback position, Nate. The Chiefs, they drafted Patrick Mahomes, you know, five years ago, six years ago, whenever that was. Pretty good pick, right? Yeah. So they got that position figured out. The Eagles, they drafted Jalen Hurts. Second round, even when they had Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz looked like he was going to be their future, right? No, we're still going to draft a quarterback in the second round. Well, Carson Wentz didn't work out. You have Jalen Hurts. So, hey, there you go. Both the Chiefs moved up to get... Patrick Mahomes, even when they had Alex Smith, and they were a good football team. They were. Right? Yep. Okay, so uh, both teams had a, a good quarterback at the time, a guy that they thought might be their future, a guy that has won a lot of games for them, and they both selected the quarterback. Okay? So find a young, dynamic quarterback. Mm. Easier said than done, but guess what? Both those teams did it. One did it in the first round, and I think Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. And, and Jalen Hurts, they found him in the second round. Okay? Then you look at... What you put around the quarterback. There's playmakers all around these guys, right? Patrick Mahomes came into the league, and he's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Travis Kelsey, two of the best to do it, maybe ever. We haven't seen a guy like Tyreek Hill before. No. We haven't seen a guy like Travis Kelsey before. So you got playmakers around the position. In Philly, Dallas Goddard, really good tight end. They traded for A.J. Brown. They drafted Devontae Smith. And offensive line, offensive line. Folks, look at Philly's offensive line. It is a really, really good offensive line. Wouldn't you agree with oh, that? Yeah. Yep. Chiefs, after two years ago getting embarrassed against Tampa, what did they do? We have to fix our offensive line. And they went about fixing it. Right, traded for Orlando Brown from the Ravens. They drafted their their center. They, you know, I think all five guys were changed for over year over year. 
So there you go. I mean, offensively, look, that's how you got to do it. I mean, our offensive line is not very good. We don't know about our quarterback. We don't have a um, a tight end right now around our quarterback. We hope it can be Greg Dolchitz. We'll see. We don't have a slot receiver. We don't have dynamic playmakers on the outside. And so I just think there's a lot to do here. The, those teams have gotten a lot right. They're not perfect, but they got a lot right in, in, in putting pieces around your quarterback and finding that next quarterback. And I think that's the Broncos – what the Broncos need to do? Find a new, a new quarterback? Find the heir apparent. How soon do they need to find that guy? The sooner the better, Nate. Like, what, you want to wait around? Now? Why not? Because you're getting any I'm, younger? I, I'm you're listen, old. I'm, listen, I'm you're not, not as old as you. you. No, you're not. I'll no, never you're not. be as old as you. <laughs> it took you a while to figure that one out. I know, but I put it together. <laughs> so, so uh, there's a promo going on right now. Is there? With you and Zach talking I know, about I heard rejuvenated it, but I Russ. But I didn't hear it. I, I didn't listen to it all. Rejuvenated Russ. Okay. The reclamation project. Right. Well, hopefully that's would what that happens. Really re, would that rejuvenate Russ to draft his heir apparent? Guess what? I don't care what Russ thinks. Really? That's not. Did, did, did Carson Wentz like them drafting Jalen Hurts? No, he didn't like it. Pouted a little bit. Who cares? Hey, either play, you keep your job. If you don't, we're turning it over. Did Alex Smith love uh, them using that first-round pick on Patrick Mahomes? No, but guess what? That's the way it is, brother. Okay, and you have to do what's best for this organization. The problem here, Nate, is we don't have a first-round pick. Yeah. And we don't have a second-round pick. Darn it! So, so. Which which makes you tempted to trade one of your pieces like like a Garrett Bowles, like we're Draymond not trading. Gar- wait, wait, we're not okay, trading right. Garrett Bowles. Don't don't say that okay, on this station. I guess what I mean. I guess what I mean that is, is that, that is, was that's what starts that nonsense talk. Right, but maybe Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons. Right, right. That's what would make you want to do something like that. But you mentioned Alex Smith didn't like it when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. But you also mentioned they were a good football team when yeah, that happened. They were. This Broncos team doesn't. This Broncos team need to build itself up before they get that guy and wait for the right dude to fall in their laps? Well, no, no. You, you don't wait for that. And I'm not saying we draft a quarterback this year and he plays right away. That, that doesn't have to be the case. Jalen Hurts didn't play right away. Patrick Mahomes didn't play right away. Okay, But I'm saying you always have your eye out for a quarterback. And if he's there, you get him. You don't just say, ah, oh, no, nah, we'll, we'll, we'll worry about it next year. If you like a guy, you get him. And so... I think that has to be the philosophy this draft. The only problem is we don't have a first-rounder or we don't have a second-rounder. So it's not easy to navigate those waters. But guess what? Guess what? What? Life's not easy. (laughs) And life's not fair. No. Figure it out, George Payton. How about that, Nate? Figure it out, George Payton. Right? And if you need to trade a Justin Simmons for a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick and use that second-round pick on a quarterback, then that's what you got to do. You've got to figure it out. It's not an easy offseason to figure it out. But you know what? You're the one that dug that um, hole. So figure it out, George Payton. But I'm always on the outlook for a quarterback, and this year is no different. And you never know. Maybe Russell Wilson will be motivated by having somebody breathing down his neck. Clearly wasn't – I can't say he wasn't motivated, but – he didn't play well last didn't year. Didn't play well. But he no. also, and he all didn't have anybody pushing him from behind, nobody threatening his post. So maybe that would help him. Yeah. It's, it was all about Russ last year, and that's not the case anymore. Thank God. Yes. Thank God. Well, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton aren't the only storylines in the NFL this offseason. What are some other offseason storylines on other teams that. T- 
that uh, tickle your mustache. We'll do that next.